Welcome to the Fit2 Talk podcast. You are listening to a guest episode during which we discuss the realities of a career in the performing arts with those who are fit to talk about them. Yes, we do. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review or on Spotify, click that follow button. Also, if you like our meaningful, helpful and accurate information, then you might like to be coached by us. Many do. Yes, in which case fit to perform is for you. Check it out by going through the link on our Instagram or just go to our website. Exactly that. Go check out that information. It is delightful <laughs> and it is ready for you. I keep messing up this intro for Bobby. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> but moving on, we have an incredible guest for you today. Would you like to tell us about it? I would love to tell you about our guest today. So our guest today trained at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, mm-hmm. where he received the Andrew Lloyd Webber Foundation Scholarship. Casual. Ooh. Cash, super cash. Cash, covers all the fees. That's, <laughs> that's a, what a delightful scholarship that is. That's how good an audition that's, he did. Yeah. Imagine like you, you've nailed the audition for the place you're going to and then yeah. you're like, one audition is not good enough for me. I need what? some more. I need, I need to do another one. I'm yeah. going to smash the hell out of that one. I'm going to pay nothing. I'm going to get that scholarship. Yeah. I'm yeah. no scholarships. So like, that's delightful. I, I love that. There are no. Um, <laughs> uh, his credits include Les Miserables mm-hmm. as the alternate Jean Valjean. Cash. Cash, just a just a small character. Uh, he's also done Titanic the musical, The yeah. Man of La Mancha, yeah. and another small one, Phantom of the Opera. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Just really chill. Yeah, really chill. All big shows, so yeah. we know we know he can probably sing. Yeah, yeah. You know he's got a big voice. Yeah, cracking up Valjean as well. Yeah, like Valjean and Phantom. You're like, oh, okay, ah, oh, he can sing. Yeah, and he's also. We discussed this in a bit in the episode, right? That he's yeah. uh, about to step out as Phantom, uh, the character itself, not not the alternate. He's playing that part to, uh, on the tour, international tour. Yeah. Uh, which is huge. Cheaper Love Never Dies. Yeah. He's also a gent. <laughs> uh, he genuinely is super. He nice really guy. is. It was lovely. It was a lovely chat. Um, I'm going to let, I'm going to pass over his TV credits to you because I will. Absolutely butcher these names. Okay, so his Welsh, Welsh TV credits, he's done fantastic shows such as Nos on Lawen, Henot and Prynhawn Da, which uh, are all things. I think we've mentioned Nos on Lawen and Henot before. Uh, Prynhawn Da means good afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, now you know. So Prynhawn Da, Ibaugs and Granda, to everyone that's listening. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the episode and please enjoy Luke McCall. I saw uh, over lockdown was um, there was a picture of uh, this guy putting a fiver down the drain, and it said I was I wanted to buy a pret sandwich, but they're all closed, so I've just chucked a fiver down the drain. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It's the same That's fantastic. Thing. Do you do you have the subscription? If you come for that, or are you? Well, I had it when it was twenty pounds. Yeah. yeah, and then they put it up to twenty five, and I was like, mm, no. And now it's thirty. Yeah. And yet somehow I'm still like captivated by it. It's, I mean, it's claws. It's strange, isn't it? Because you go, oh, if, if I had four coffees a week from there, I'm really making lots of money. Be like, I don't. <laughs> no. yeah, I'm, if anything, I'm making money yeah, from I'm, this. They're basically paying me. <laughs> Somehow I am making money. At that point. But I don't know if this is true. I think it's nice. Is McDonald's coffee. Now, Pret is owned by McDonald's. So there's a rumour, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I like to think it's true because it's £1.85 or something like that for a coffee from McDonald's. And I think it tastes the same as a Pret coffee. Now, the rumour is that they use the same coffee. So is it a life hack, maybe? So I think McDonald's coffee is way better than Pret. Mm. 
because it takes out the useless baristas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just trashed an entire company. I did trash. Well, I mean, I, okay, I'm just talking from experience. Yeah. Eight, out, eight out of ten times, the coffee tastes like garbage did because it's it? been badly prepared. Exactly. Yeah. So McDonald's is just a machine. Yeah. They just right. press go. But so you're saying it's probably that what well, it might logically. Why would McDonald's source, source two different types of? That's what I'm thinking. Coffee. Yeah. And the coffee is really nice from McDonald's. I know you've you know, been saying this for ages, and I have decent. refused yeah. to back you up. But now someone else has said it. I might. I might try. This is why you should listen to me. <laughs> Come on. The problem is you go in for a coffee and you go, oh, I might have a cheeseburger. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly that. <laughs> Always just get a little single cheeseburger. That's not going to do any harm. Do you? What's your? If you do that, is it a cheeseburger that you'd go for? I go for a double cheeseburger. Strong double cheeseburger. Yeah. Sensible. Yeah. You? I go single cheeseburger and maybe some like mozzarella bites or something. So you just go. <laughs> that's not that's, even a snack that's like a snack. That's like a journey home. And that's a cheat meal. But I just always go for something <laughs> chicken in there. I'm literally like, oh, fair. select, select do, me up. The, the wrap of the day is usually quite yes. nice. Yes, well. wrap of the day is banging. Yeah. £1.99. This has changed my life recently. And it's like, it's good. It yeah. tastes good. It is good. And it, it's something in McDonald's that has actual veg in it. One thing that's a shame, right, <laughs> is I, I have a student card. I don't know if you have a student card. Um, a lot, so many questions. Well, <laughs> a lot of people should get it if you're an actor and you have Spotlight because you can buy a student card on Spotlight and you get discount loads of places. Co-op, um, you know, um, you get free cheeseburger at McDonald's, except the problem is now they have the self-service machine, yeah. so you have to go to the counter. If you buy a meal, you get a free cheeseburger, but... Obviously, there's not really anyone stood behind the counter waiting yeah. to take an order <laughs> anymore. But it's great, like ASOS, things like that. I don't work for for Spotlight, but you can buy a student card and get discount in loads of places. Fair play. I immediately want, the ASOS thing sold me as well. <laughs> I'm like, and I, I imagine it's a fairly decent discount. I think it's 5 or 10%. That'll do. That'll do. We'll take that take well, every day of the week. And you might not remember, how much was a student card-ish? It's £30 in the last three years. Okay, ten pound a year for ten percent discount. It's probably you know. Well, it's Apple products as well. Like I got my oh, laptop yeah. on it. I think it was ten percent off that. You know, Fantastic. I mean, when you're paying what it, a, what grand, a grand yeah. for a laptop, it's it's a pretty good saving. Yeah, take that. That's so good. I'm immediately looking into that when this ends. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, no, lot, like, go on, Spotlight. <laughs> a lot of people don't know about it, but it's you go on the Spotlight discounts page. I, I mean, I should take some commission from Spotlight. Yeah, this, but... I, absolutely. <laughs> I think if you get in touch with them after this, send them the clip. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking for a Pret sponsorship and a Spotlight sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. Okay. See if Spotlight can actually handle all of that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, Spotlight, um, calm down. Before we jump into this proper, there's a section of the podcast. Or... Have we started, by the way? Yeah, kind of. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we just go with it. It's our, but like, as you know, we don't need to talk about anything specific, so it's just chill. Um, basically, would you mind trying to tell us a lie at some point? I can have a think. I'll try. If I remember, this is the thing, is my brain like will go, okay, think about it, and then I'll start talking and I'll completely forget. Fantastic. Hopefully, <laughs> Love that. Hopefully there will be one by the end. We'll see. Awesome. Okay. Well, at the end, we will try and guess what we think the lie was. Great. And uh, we're no longer allowed to guess that you haven't lied. No. So, which then means that we end up just choosing things that are true, right. which has its own charm. But we do like the people at home, to, or wherever you might be listening, to try and guess this as well. Cool. Uh, yep. It has many, 
We're keeping tally in this section of the podcast, and it's it's six three to Bobby. So I really could use some help it's, on this one. Yeah, just chuck me a little yeah, wink. Little when wink. it's the lie. You <laughs> don't need to me. Yeah, that, that would be impressive. You could just do it just to you. I'll say it in Welsh. Ah, oh, yes. I'll just clearly be looking out for the Welsh section. Yeah, but you won't know what it was. You won't be able. You'll just say the thing you said in Welsh. Oh, I don't know if we count that. <laughs> so that that's a point. So um, whenever we've spoken before, I think we've spoken in in Welsh, except for when we text or whatever it might yeah. be. Uh, now that is because, so I am a first language Welsh speaker. Like yeah. it, it is my first language, but I have autocorrect on my phone. And if you ever try and write a text that's longer than two words in Welsh, it takes you about 10 minutes and it's a nightmare. So I just go, and a lot of the time when I used to speak in Welsh to people, they text me, why why are you texting me in English? And I'm like, because I can't be bothered to say Welsh <laughs> correct. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I am the same, right? Yeah. Welsh is my first language, but I've uh, since the point where you just pressed a button four times to get a different letter, oh, when it went to autocorrect, like I haven't texted in Welsh because it's so annoying. It is the really system annoying. is insanely irritating. Yeah. I have enough trouble with well and wheel on my phone. Yes. <laughs> every single time. Like, oh, we'll do this. Well, but it corrects them both. Mine, mine does that with food. So if I'm texting someone, what do you want? What do you want for food? Good. It changes it to good. I'm like, I tell you <laughs> yeah. what, one of my favorite things that it does, it makes me laugh, even though it's annoying. If I send like, if I'm annoyed at a company or something, I'll send them an email and it'll be like, you know, it'll be, I'm very disappointed at this. You know, it'll be, <laughs> and it'll be regards like. <laughs> like that's not my name it's not me <laughs> but I've hit send before I've realised oh. oh, no one of the new features they put on it I say new uh, like on an email it, that has come in really really useful for me is like um, it looks like you intended to add an attachment to this email yes. do you want to do that and I'm like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yes, sorry I do. like sending briefings for the doc- for the podcast oh. and stuff and I'm, I, I'd say it half the time I'm like I haven't attached it yeah and that was relatively recent, right? Although, yeah, that was in the last update, I think. What I do with that now is if I've forgetten, forgotten to attach something, I'll go, oh, no, this is so embarrassing. Wait, I'll send it via WeTransfer. And then you go, oh, it's a separate email. Yeah. Well, well played. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Would have Although, helped me. I've just, I've just admitted that now. So. <laughs> <laughs> now people know. Anyone receiving WeTransfer, you're like, he bloody forgot. He, he just like, Why is he WeTransferring this five megabyte file? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uploaded. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Okay, it was easy. This is the most like computer-based chat. Anyone listening to this is literally like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I'm fully involved. <laughs> you, know, you know this is right down my alleyway. So to jump back to the to the worst thing, because we recently had uh, Stefan on here, didn't Ooh. we? And he, uh, another Stefan, mm-hmm. and uh, whom you know, Welsh of the West End. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were chatting about sort of, Welshness in general yeah. and what that's like in the industry. What's that been like for you going, Welsh is my first language. You're from Bala, right? Yeah. So like, uh, which is in Snowdonia for mm-hmm. people who don't know, or just on the edge, right? It's actually outside. Pretty much in the middle. Is it? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you what, it's quite funny. I always get people apologize to me in the industry because they go, oh, you're Welsh, you'll know this person. They go, oh, I'm really sorry. I know that's an awful thing to say. But nine times out of ten, I do know that person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's actually no need to apologize. Yeah. Um, but it's to, to be honest, when I first joined the industry, um, there was quite a lot of Welsh people in Limiz, which was my first job. And then when I went into Phantom, uh, 
there was Jay Davis joined who speaks Welsh as well. So I've actually done a few jobs with people who speak Welsh. When I did Lamers again, um, one of my close friends, Sam Wynne Morris and Marid Williams, all we all spoke Welsh. But the thing is, in that show, we naturally speak Welsh to each other by accident. So we'd be sat in a circle like this with everyone and be having a conversation. And then I'd turn to like, <laughs> um, I'd turn to Sam and be like, continuing Welsh. So we're like, yeah, I've got a new shadow. And everyone's like, what? What? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a yeah. natural switch that I don't realise I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I find that what, what, anyone who only speaks one language really struggles to understand that because you go, "Well, surely you know," and you're like, "Well, yes, I'm a, I'm a." There's a part of your brain that is aware, but it's it's just you're trying to communicate, right? And mm-hmm. when you look at the person you're trying to communicate with, you you select the thing that's going to help you communicate. Yeah. I think, yeah. or at least that was my experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What has been people's like? People who don't speak Welsh, their sort of opinion of that then around you? Well, at the start, I think they thought it was quite rude. Yeah. When we explained to them that we're actually just talking about what we're all talking about in this group, we're just, I because I think in Welsh as well. So it, it's I accidentally go straight into Welsh and then I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And then I'll say it again in English. But then at the start, people were like, he's not just said that in Welsh. But I was like, no, I, I genuinely did, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that as well, because you're the only person who's brought this up is, I used to think in Welsh and I've sort of swapped over. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, and now I think in English. And I think that concept is really difficult for people to grasp, if you only speak one language, that you you literally think in a different language, but you're fluent in both, like you've grown up speaking both. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when I spend a long time in London, uh, when I don't go back to Wales, when I go home, I basically only speak Welsh. Um, And when I first moved to London, I couldn't think of the word for cloth, but I don't sound like I can't speak English. So I I was at a bar and I'd knocked the drink over and went, oh, can I get a... um, and I was like motioning my hand <laughs> to think of the word kadach, yeah. which is cloth in Welsh. Yeah. He was looking at me as if I was insane. <laughs> um, but the longer I spend in London, sort of away from Wales, um, I do sort of do that switch where I start thinking in English. But when I go back, yeah. I come mm. back and then my girlfriend laughs at me because I, c- I can't form a sentence sometimes. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> what's happened to you? Like, so, because uh, I think you were in, you went to Royal Welsh That's around right. 2015? Yes, yeah, twenty fifteen around that. So you're a, a few a few years younger than me, um, uh, and and so I wonder if if you stayed in London, if that would continue down that process, if you would end up perhaps thinking in English most of the time. Maybe yeah, but I do have a lot of contact with people that speak Welsh. Mm. Um, like I have a lot of phone calls with with Welsh speakers. So I wonder whether because it sort of veers in and out. If I if I've had a phone conversation with someone and I've spoken Welsh to them and I'm in London, then my brain sort of switches back to thinking in Welsh, which is really it's really weird. I don't really know how to explain it. It just it's like a click. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's a button and you go, bang, okay, Welsh. Ah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> there it is. Do you, do you find that like you're exactly the same person in both Ooh. languages? Or do you think there's a slight when you think in Welsh, is there is there sort of Welsh Luke and English presenting Luke. Oh, that's, I've never thought of that before. I think I'm pretty much the same. Yeah, no, I'm definitely the same. <laughs> Existential crisis. Yeah. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold down. It's like having an evil twin when you're literally like, I'll Where? be back. <laughs> English, which one would be evil? English Luke? Yes. 
absolutely. Obviously, Welsh people have a, a reputation in England for being fantastic singers. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you've sort of <laughs> made a career out of uh, being exactly that. Um, we, by the way, we will have done an introduction to you for the um, for the listeners of this, so yes. they, they will know. Okay, like credits and shows you've done and right. stuff like that. Um, so, how did that come about? You finished Royal Welsh, mm-hmm. and then I went straight into Les Mis. Yeah. Well, I actually got Les Mis. I was really lucky. I mean, I'll start from the start. So, where I wasn't going to do theatre really. I auditioned for. A competition called Welsh Musical Theatre Singer of the Year, which this choir did. I think it was to raise money. And um, you got a grand if you won. Now, I didn't get through to the to anything. Um, so I was like, oh, gutted. But one of the judges was a teacher at the Royal Welsh College, and he said, oh, you should audition and come study here and do an MA in musical theatre. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll try that. Um, so I went and auditioned, and I got it. But obviously, it's it was quite expensive, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do it but then they told me about this um, scholarship, which was called the Andrew Lloyd Webber Scholarship, which which covered the whole course, um, which you had to audition for in front of uh, David Grindrod and Trevor Jackson's, two of the biggest um, cast and directors in the West End. And that was a horrendously nervous audition because <laughs> <laughs> when they told me who they were, I was like, are you joking? I, really? I've only sung in front of like my friends, and, <laughs> um, so I went in. And it was and I got it. I was really lucky to get to get that scholarship. Um, but they then came back and watched the shows and stuff. And Trevor Jackson was the main uh, casting director of Les Mis at the time, and um, he came back to watch the show. And I got an audition for Les Mis, and I got into Les Mis before I graduated, which you know was I've, I've been really lucky with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like. 57 years ago now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah God, what, it's been about eight years then, I suppose. Yes, yeah. I think I was in it 2015 to 2016. So um, the course worked then, it was from January till December. Okay. And then it uh, Lame is cast in June. I think it opened in June, something like that. Um, so I found out really early and then uh, we started rehearsals. I think it was May 2015. Um, and I was in it for a year. Wow. And what were you doing the first time you were in it? I was... Fi- oh, gosh, I've forgotten how to say his name. Thuy? Yeah. Uh, the, one, the one that no one... I'm li- what, the P-H-I-E... No, it's F-E-U. I was so far off. Yeah, way off. F-E-U-I-L-L-Y. That's it, yeah, yeah. Fee, I think, is how you say it. If there's any French people listening, I'm really sorry about that. And yeah, and forgive me for my... Horror show that I just displayed, um, <laughs> and I was um, I was first cover on Jurassic and second cover Valjean. Then, yeah. what? Wow! So that is a a massive Ooh. opening job, right? It was, yeah. It was quite scary actually. And I, I look back on it now and think I, I, th- I was twenty three when I went on for Valjean, and I was just like, I was far too young to, to yeah. be on that part. Six you know? year old guy, <laughs> like, oh. you know, I have a daughter and everything. I'm like. I don't know how to speak to a daughter. Do you yeah. know? <laughs> Neither does he. No, but, so, like, uh, what the hell was that like? like I, were you very aware of that at the time? That you're like, this feels crazy. Or well, to be honest with you, I actually struggled quite a lot vocally then because I'm not really a natural tenor, um, and Valjean was. It was a struggle for me. Like vocally, it was horrendous. And what I did, I only did one show that contract as Valjean, and it was just crack central. 
which I look back on it. I've it's it was a great lesson because it it made me go away and and practice and mm. you know um, work on my range and stuff. And then I was very lucky to go back into it a few years later as the alternate. And the, those notes that I was really struggling with back then, because I'd, I'd done the work, were, were absolutely fine. Wow! Um, but it was very daunting at the time. I really love that because I think quite often performers don't want to admit like any any time they make an error or mm. something like if if you crack in something i think it's quite common for people to just like never talk about it we talk about it a lot yeah um, <laughs> you, you witnessed my finest crack today. I, I i did yeah. and it was fantastic it was wild that was a that was a front of the palladium that was yeah front and center crack yeah. central fantastic times but he came back show afterwards nailed it yeah <laughs> You were nervous. <laughs> I don't think I nailed it. I think I just about made it. Yeah, and then I skinned my teeth. Like, ah, it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like it feels when it happens to you, it's the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I was. I think it might have been COVID related, to be honest. But in when I came back after COVID, um, and I was the alternate again, I had a horrendous chest infection. I was off for maybe six weeks, something like that. Oof, it was wow. awful. I couldn't sing. I couldn't really run. I couldn't do anything. And it gave me really bad asthma. I have a, it's like sports asthma anyway, but if I keep fit, it's all right. But I, um, yeah, I was, I, I was out of breath. And I came back and mid Valjean soliloquy, everyone was listening like, oh my God, there's something wrong with them. Because I was literally like, <gasps> like that, trying to sing it. And I came off and I went, I, I can't, I can't do the show. I was, I was mortified because um, I couldn't really sing. And also <laughs> my breath was just, I, I had an asthma attack on stage mm -hmm. basically. Um, but before COVID, I sort of felt really comfortable in it. And then I came back after COVID and it was, it was great for a bit. And then that chest infection happened and it was just sort of, you know, and I didn't actually fully recover until I'd left the show. It took me a couple of months after the show to, to fully recover from that. Um, but those are some. There were some sensational cracks during that time. <laughs> I, at the time, I was mortified, but I think about it now, and it's absolutely brilliant. Two, four, six, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things in in drama school is to watch the videos of people cracking in in Les Mis. Like, yeah. but that's why people go to live theatre, isn't it? Somebody might argue that no, it isn't. But I'm like, that's why I go. I could watch a recording of that one show they did perfectly. <laughs> Or we could go and something might go wrong. Well, that's the thrill of live theatre. Like yeah. in general, like you, you want to see that performance that, at that moment yeah. rather than watching like a recorded performance then, that you could just Then you know repeat. there's the potential that it could go wrong. So when it goes right, right in front of you, and it is live theatre in that way, when it does go right, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. I just witnessed something amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's that thing of like, if, if it's kind of on the edge... And it's like that danger moment. You become even more invested in it. Yeah. And it's even more incredible when it you when the person nails it. Like sometimes you watch a singer and they like this is too safe. This is too easy. Yeah, I'm not I, invested. I love listening to a baritone who's singing a, a very high song, and you know it's sort of on the edge before the high note comes and the high note comes out. And it's it's there's something really exciting about yeah. that yeah. nailing that high note because you know it's a real sort of. Yeah, yeah. I had a singing teacher, probably, probably not a good bit of advice. This, but it was like <laughs> that, that it's only really exciting like that when there is some element of risk involved when you're up at that top end. And exactly what you said, Bobby, mm. that often when you hear people who literally, you know, their top note is like a an E at the at the top, that ninety nine percent of music theatre songs aren't going to touch it, mm. and everything's super safe. You're like, this is really impressive. Yeah, but I don't, I don't care that much. Yeah, 
And then when you hear somebody who like is kind of risking it all, you're like, ooh. That's me singing every time. Yeah, me too. It's an entire risk. The entire anything, time. anything above an F. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, pure Ooh. risk. Ooh. F sharp. Oof. Oh. I need to get paid more for that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an extra 50 quid a week. Imagine that's how it was done. You got paid kind of on a tier of how high you're singing. Then anything written after 2010 is going to be very expensive. Yeah, you're going to be earning coin. Absolutely. Like, that's great. You're a baritone, right, then? I'm a tenor now. You're a tenor yeah. now, but you were a baritone then. I was a baritone for a long time, yeah. I sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the belief that your, your voice, which it is really, it's a muscle and you can train it. Do you know what I mean? If you can train yourself to be able to lift really heavy, you can train your voice to sing high or low. You can do that. Obviously, it takes years of practice and... Mm years of missing notes and, you know, years of rep max failure of singing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I I sort of worked and worked at it. And I still have to now. If I don't sing for a, a few weeks, then my voice becomes much lower and I'm sort of like, gee. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, so, like me all the time. <laughs> so I actually do, a bit like the gym, I do a what I call a singing workout every day. Mm-hmm. Every well, five days a week, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And what does that sort of consist of? Yeah. Singing songs that I like, but yeah. like songs that aren't songs in theatre a lot of the time. Like uh, I don't know, sometimes a bit of meatloaf or you know things that I can't. You know, my voice is sounds quite classical. So when I sing that, it probably sounds quite comical. But if you're doing it at home, no one's listening. It's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. I know meatloaf had a had a classical edge, right? I suppose so, yeah. yeah. But when you're singing My Chemical Romance, it's a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Can we, I want to give you some requests <laughs> to see if we can turn. I want to, I want to hear, well, Barbie has just come yeah. out, but at the uh, time of listening to this, it will be faded into the past i'm sure but, um, <laughs> but uh, barbie girl barbie girl classic song and in a classical style yeah ah you you asking for me to do it a, a bit i'm a barbie girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god what a great moment <laughs> now my brain's like what else can we do uh rubber ducky oh, what i don't is know that song oh rubber ducky you're the one that one i've heard that have song. you never heard rubber ducky we're welsh oh <laughs> <laughs> sesame street oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. No, I, no, come on. I didn't watch Sesame Street as a kid. I did I no, I didn't. I don't know if it was just like not popular with I am a bit Welsh older children. than both of you, so You are. Yeah. You are. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. I got the gl- <laughs> by my age I get some Sesame Street in my life. So That's I'll take true. It. I'll take That's that as a true. win. Uh but let's jump back. Is there anything else we want Luke to sing just while we're here? Um, <laughs> hold on, I'm We've racking had my brain. Barbie Girl, which was vaguely topical. I want some more pop songs. <laughs> I mean, it's Britney, isn't I it? Do, like, I, I tell you what, this will be a treat for you. I do a really good Neil Tennant impression. Okay. Okay. Do you know Neil Tennant? No. You know the Pet Shop Boys? Y- yes. There you go. Okay. Ready? Yes. I'm so ready. <clears throat> and a Western town and dead and wild. Those East End boys and West End girls. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was listening to that song the other day. It's literally right here. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> when we did um, the Welsh of the West End, we did the Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. We did this thing where they, they asked us if we had any special skills. And I did that. <laughs> and I was like, that's going to make it onto ITV, surely. <laughs> and they didn't, and I was livid. <laughs> so I try and get it in wherever I can anyway. <laughs> this will make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same. I love so, that. Wow. So uh, how did you decide that you could do a fantastic impression of that? To be honest with you, I, I, I quite like trying to do impressions of people. Uh-huh. And okay. it, it was on the radio one day, and I think I just sang along, and my mum went, oh, 
that's quite good. So I <laughs> carried on practicing. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a, there's a little trick. That's a, <laughs> like, when you jump back to that. Trick. Yeah. <laughs> you go, uh, you did the Welsh of the West End, right? So that was at the Palladium. How was that different to being the face of a show like Glim is for a second? You know, when you're like stepping on as Valjean, it, you know, on paper, for somebody who doesn't perform, they're very similar, right? Like giant theater filled with people, a yeah. bunch of responsibility on your shoulders. Was it the same? Absolutely not. Basically, blame is, if the show's at half seven, there's no matinee. You turn up at six o'clock, warm up at about quarter past six, start getting ready at the five, five to seven. Show starts at half seven. At the audition at the Palladium, we turned up at 7.30 a.m., <laughs> did nothing for six or seven hours. Then I think we did the audition at six or seven o'clock at night. So it was literally, it sat, sat around pretty much all day, a couple of interviews and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was, it was a long day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the audition was great. Um, I didn't so much enjoy the semi-final because the semi-final was pretty much the same, but we were sort of kept in these cabins away from the, away from, it's sort of across the road from the Hamsmith Apollo. Um, and I also had laryngitis on that day, which I didn't realize till the next day I woke up, I spoke like Mark, Marge Simpson. <laughs> um, For our younger viewers, that's... <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such... I, t I tell you what, if I was paid for how much I sit around when I do gigs or things like that, I'd be paid quite a lot more than the performance. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So like, but nerves-wise, so other than having laryngitis, were you like... Oh, this is. I just need to go out there and do my thing, or is it? Well, I think it's because I, because I, there was a group of ten of us. It was sort of, you know, I, I was quite nervous for the audition because I had that big bit. It was from now on. I had that. that it was quite a somber start, and then I yeah. sort of do the big build into the. the oh, we will come back. All oh, that bit. And it sits, um, uh, sits rather high that song, doesn't it? It is quite high, and I, I'm not being funny. Okay, I love Hugh Jackman, but he was 100% gone. Okay, I'm going to do the low stuff today. And then we'll do the high stuff another time because yeah. that song starts. I just all the sun begin to dip. It's like, why? Why have you got such a big range in this song? Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. You can't do this live. There's no way. <laughs> we had to do that in a in a show in which uh, we were singing like 16 songs in it, and I had to sing the start and then take the high bit as we went through. Yeah, and I had exactly the same experience. I was literally like, how am I meant to move my larynx? In one beat, <laughs> like from from the bottom fucking bass that you've done through to up, well, it sits up on the F's and G's, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty high. And then it'll, you just sit there yeah. for the whole thing. For the whole so, song. Uh, was any of you nervous that you would crack? I don't think so. We were quite well rehearsed because obviously we'd started doing the videos um, during lockdown. Um, so we we were really well rehearsed anyway, and we sort of got together quite a few times to do it. And it was because we all have small bits of the song, um, and then we all sing together. I think everyone was pretty sort of chill. Yeah, I'd say there was a, there was an element of nerves, but I think everyone was more chill than than I thought I would be personally. Ooh. Anyway, yeah, I, I would be very nervous. I'd be terrified. <laughs> I would be terrified. That's just like my worst nightmare. But well, we don't sound like him. So. No, that, that is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> that's, that might be why. That might be why. Ah, that's why. Uh, so you're about to step out as uh, as the masked man. 
I am, yes. I'm doing um, The Phantom in Love Never Dies in China. Yes. Which is really exciting because I've never been to that part of the world before. Um, so I'm I'm really excited, A, to experience that sort of side of the world and B, to play The Phantom. Also, bloody good job you got comfortable with those high notes because The Phantom in Love Never Dies is a full-blown tenor. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Although, top C in there, isn't that? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of top C's, yeah, in the beauty Woof. underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I, I watched it recently. There's a, there's the um, Australian version. Um, they've done the film of it. Yeah. And I like to see, when I watch a show, if I know I'm doing a certain part, I like to look at when I can have a cup of tea. Yeah. And it's literally, till I hear you sing, half an hour break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Love that. Kettle on, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have a signal on stage. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> till I point. It's <laughs> <laughs> really lots of intention in that yeah. gesture there. It really like, means that one. Yeah. Although, will you be able to have a classic? You'll have to take tea, yeah. I imagine. Yes, I think I will have to take tea. Yeah. English breakfast tea. Yeah. Careful yeah. taking that through customs. They might. Do you think? I, I'm really worried about this, actually, because there's loads of know. things that I, I want to take like protein powders and stuff like that. Powders, okay, I've got a couple of clients that are out in, in China right now or, or in Korea, and powders are often a problem. Right. Uh, so in, I haven't experienced this myself, but that's just what's been passed on, that they were advised not to take protein powder. Yeah. But you can't get it out there. Yeah. So, yeah, you just risk it being in your case. Maybe take some grenade bars. They'd be all right, wouldn't they? I feel yeah, like I that's so. probably the safer option. Yeah, the yeah. grenade bars. That's yeah. your like, suitcase is just grenade bars. I don't need any clothes. <laughs> just grenade bars. What, what have you got in your bag? Grenades. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I have 112 grenades. Yeah. It's, like, it's like that scene from um, Love Actually. Chock-a-block full of grenade bars. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> marvellous. Oh, what a film. What a film. Uh, so how, how do you feel about that? You were out there for a while, right? Yes, although it's split quite well. So um, we fly out beginning of September, um, and then we've got sort of three or four weeks of rehearsals, then we open, um, and we're out there for five months, then we get a three-week break in the UK, and then four months, so it's sort of nine months altogether. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, so that split's going to be, I think it's going to make it go a bit quicker, as in, because I will get homesick, I know I will. I mean, I get homesick being in London away from Wales. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing experience. I'm really excited. Like, it's, it'll be my first leading role that yeah. I'm playing, which is, you know, it's it's sort of a dream come true for me. Um, but I will miss home. So that split is going to be perfect, I think. And yeah. you, obviously you're out there for for a while, but you said three-month break. We'll, we'll absolutely take that. Um, how is, Do you feel like you can capitalize on that? Like it's like a, a giant stepping stone then. Uh, career-wise, that you're like, look, I've just actually led the show. It went well. <laughs> Can I play another one, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, really. I mean, to be honest with you, I just, I, I love theatre and I love working in theatre in whatever capacity, if I'm honest with you. Um, as much as it would be amazing to play, you know, some more roles. I mean, it, you know, Hopefully that will happen, yeah. but it doesn't work like that, as we know. But it's um, a rubbish question, wasn't it? Really? But it was, <laughs> <laughs> I guess a, a, perhaps a more interesting one is: th th wasn't this this was auditioning a long time ago? Yes, it was. Yeah, this has been a long wait. It's been a long process because we were meant to go in December, um, which was postponed because of COVID in China. They hadn't fully lifted the restrictions, oh, yeah. and then it was moved to April. Um, and they still weren't sure what was going on COVID-wise in China. 
Um, so they postponed it again, and it was all a bit touch and go whether it was going to happen. And um, when it was finally confirmed, everyone sort of went, oh, yeah. good, okay, it's yeah. happening. We know it's happening now. But, yeah, I mean, I auditioned for it while I was still in Les Mis, so <laughs> September... September a week. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a long, yeah, long, that's a long old way. That is a long old way. How do you prepare for something like that? Like going off on this first, your first experience of kind of leading a show in its own right. How do you kind of prefer, prepare kind of physically and mentally for that challenge? Well, so when I left Les Mis, I put on three stone, um, did an exercise and just ate and it was wonderful. And, the, <laughs> and it's also it's because you know I thought oh well I I don't know what's happening with this with this show or anything like that and then when they confirmed it I went okay uh, I should probably do some exercise now um, so I got back into a bit of a routine um, I haven't I, I used to be a, a massive runner I used to love running and I'm sort of getting back into it now it's it's one of those things that's really frustrating when you've been quite quick or you know you've had good times mm. and then you try running again and you're like. Half an hour for a 5K? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And it just makes you really frustrated. But I'm I'm getting through that process. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to sort of get myself healthy again, you know. Um, I think it's it's really easy to – I don't want to say let myself go, but I suppose let myself go health-wise. Um, you know, you sort of eat pizza all the time and you know, have a couple of beers. It, it builds up, doesn't it? Um, so I'm, I'm sort of, I mean, it's balanced for me now, you know, some days I'll eat really well and some days I'll, I'll go McDonald's and get a coffee and accidentally buy a cheeseburger. You know? <laughs> Double that. cheeseburger. Right? Double <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> but for me, I, I, that's a healthy balance. I think, you know, yeah. I, I, I've gone through a sort of phase phases where I've gone, oh, you know, I really want abs. So I eat less and eat well. Um, you know, I've. I probably deficit a bit too much there. Um, but then it's 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 miserable. I mean, you're tired and, you know, it's to get your body fat. Well, for me anyway, it's not the same for everyone. But for me to get my body weight, my body fat down to about 8%, it's miserable. You know, yeah. it's like I'm hungry and I'm miserable and I'm angry and stuff. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, just, I walk past people with pizza and I'm like... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it does suck, doesn't it? Yeah. No, it's the worst. And and like, right, if you're doing it for a conscious choice, you're like, right, I just want abs right now or I want my body fat down there, then then all, all good. But what we, we speak about quite a lot is that the idea that that's not necessary for our industry. It's like most people will fluctuate, right? And that yeah. will be completely normal yeah. and mm. positive to go, right now I really want to look this way. And other times I don't care that much and I still feel good. Like, yeah. To go in between, so I really love that you said yeah. that. But when you are in a strict deficit and you're like low energy, have you ever done that whilst on a show? I did it actually. Yes, I did it while I was in Les Mis. While I was finishing, sort of towards the end of Les Mis was it last year, um, I got in really good nick. Um, I got my body fat really low, and I actually wasn't that miserable then um, because because I was training for the marathon. And doing weight training as well. So my calories weren't too low. Yeah, you could mm -hmm. eat a lot. I could eat a bit yeah. more, yeah. And I was still losing the the body fat. Um, but a few years ago, I did the – I wasn't really doing cardio. I was just doing the the deficit. And the and that's when I was just grumpy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like not nice to be around. Um, but I'm sort of in a, in a place now where I like, you know, I like running and I like um, going to the gym. And it's – 
it's a nice balance for me because if I think, oh, I want to lift heavy today, I'll have a big breakfast, you know, and I won't feel bad about it. You know, like I'll have like a massive fry of it or I'll have like, well, not a fry of it, but I'll have, I'll tell you what I did have. <laughs> <laughs> pre-heavy uh, lifting session, I was like, oh, God, I need to eat something. So I went to the shop and had a saurine loaf, but I looked like a mentalist because I just took it out of its wrapper and I was just eating it <laughs> as a loaf. The full, like a big one? I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the full <laughs> one. With, you know, um, with, the, with the red sign on it, it says 50% extra free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And I had it in my hand, like this big, big loaf of bread. And I was walking past people just going, ah, like that, like oh, a Neanderthal. That's great. And they were all like, Try. everyone's like, What's going on? Okay, the banana one. That, oh, no. See, oh, I've not tried that one. That's the only one I like. The, the, the normal one, I'm like, I, I think it's dry, but the banana one has a bit of moisture to it because mm. it's got banana in it. It tastes a bit like a banana bread. Mm. But I only have that one, I'm like, when I'm in a surplus because mm. it's so calorie dense. Yeah. I'm literally like, this isn't the most delicious thing, but it is pretty decent. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> awesome. Do you like the normal one? I like the normal one, but I need it with butter on. Yes, that's um, my problem, though. Then you start buttering yeah. all the slices. I also, it has pulled out my crowns on multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I stay well clear of it. I'm like, I can't afford the dentist bill for a slice of serene. Fair. Yeah, Fair. it's too much. So, like, now with your training, you said, um, obviously, heading out relatively soon now. Yeah. Uh, glad we managed to squeeze this in before. But we were literally <laughs> like, okay, we've got... Let's do it. We've got no time. Um, <laughs> Like, how do you decide on what to what to do in the gym now? Is it just from like years of experience? I know you've had a PT before, but like, how do you how do you go about deciding what to do? Well, I have a PT now actually, cool. and it's because like I could do it myself, but I don't hold myself accountable. Mm -hmm. Like, if I don't want to go, then I won't go. Whereas if I know I'm paying for it and I have a plan there, and I go, oh, I don't want to go today, and I'm like, well, you're paying for it, so you need to go, and it gives me the accountability. And if I don't do it, then my PT knows that. I've not done it and it's yeah. sort of, I feel like I'm letting them down. So it sort of really helps that. Um, but it's mainly, I do mainly full body workouts in the gym. I do, I do, uh, I go to the gym four to five times a week and then I try and run twice or three times a week at the moment. That sounded like you said 45 that's times what a week. <laughs> that's the lie. 45? <laughs> he just walks in and out of the door. Bam, bam, bam. 42, I did it. He's repping the door. <laughs> round and round in circles on one of those spinning doors. So that, we should say as well, so like how long have you been training for? Well, I mean, I start, you know, I've, I've always been sporty. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I played football, you know, all the time. Like it, this was the... God, this was the day before the days before sort of social media and iPads and things like that. So you actually had to go out and do things. So we went out and played football all the time. And then when I got a bit older, I started playing rugby and I played rugby until I was about 20. And then, you know, that sort of when I got into Les Mis, actually, I was really into the gym, as in like lifting heavy and stuff. And I got into the show and I I was doing all those heavy lifting stuff. I got a call from my agent and they went, um, yeah, we've had a complaint that you're getting a bit too big for your costumes. Um, can we sort of stop that? And that's when I started running because I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> um, so I, I signed up for a half marathon then and I thought, okay, you know, I, was, I didn't, I hated running. I hated it. And then I signed up for it and I had to train for it, obviously. And then I did the half marathon and that feeling 
of finishing a race and getting the medal and doesn't matter what your time is, it's crossing that finish line. Yeah. Mm. Is, there's nothing like it. And it was the Cardiff Half Marathon and the crowds are amazing. That's It's one of the best things. Like training is a bit boring because you're on your own, you know, you've got your headphones in and it's just, oh, God, I need to do 10 miles today, whatever it is. But then you run an actual race and there's loads of people around and they're all cheering you on and giving you that giving out gummy bears and things like that, and you get to the end of the race, there's literally no feeling like crossing that line and getting that medal and being like, wow, I've just accomplished something. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that that's sort of a big thing for me. I, I sort of need a goal. Um, so whenever I, if I think I'm starting running again, then I go, okay, I need to book a half marathon or whatever it is. So then it gives me a reason to go running, things yeah. like that. Um, but I've, I've I've always been sort of sporty. I mean, I got into triathlons a few years ago. Um, I want to get back into that. My my goal is in 2025, I'm going to hold myself accountable for this and say it, I want to do a half Ironman Ooh. in 2025. And then after that, I want to do a full Ironman at some point. Wow. Yeah. Fair play. If people don't know what an Ironman is, then what's marathon marathon run at the end, isn't it? Then uh, how fast the swim? The swim is... 2K? No. Uh, I can't remember how it's long a, the swim is. It's a long swim. I know the cycle is 112 miles. Yeah, because so, it's a marathon, considered a marathon distance of each, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the swim's probably wrong. So then half is obviously... Half, half that, but... yeah. So it's an Ironman 70.3, so I think it's 70.3 miles altogether. Right. So it's a half, half marathon and then six, uh, 50, 60-something miles cycle. Yeah. And then one point. I think it is 2.2 miles, the full one, That's, and 1.1. Yes, half yeah, one, yeah. I think so, something like that. Which doesn't yeah. sound like that far when people talk about it. Like, you're like, oh, I'll just swim for two miles. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You <laughs> don't be there a while. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> like, also, you need to be usually in open water doing that, yeah. which is an entirely different beast mm, as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, God, we had Paul Bullion. Oh, on. yeah. Me, who does Ironmans yeah. regularly right at the start of the, the podcast. Just casually, casually batting those out. Casual Ironman. Yeah. 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 Uh, the reason I was asking that about the training was because you mentioned you went four to five times a week and um, we should just qualify for people that um, would only really recommend that if you're you're pretty advanced in your training. Like mm. you're not new to this. It's not like year two of you doing. No, I mean, I've lifted since I was about 15, 16 years old. So yeah. I'm 32 now. So yeah, so you're like 16 years of weight training will probably get you to the point where you need to go four to five times a week to yeah. start con continue making progress. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason I was trying to buy <laughs> right um is there anything about health and fitness or wellness or anything in general that you would like to see get in the bin oh i mean i i'm sick of people going on like i'm sick of seeing these adverts of like abs in seven minutes and all this mm. rubbish okay i'm not being funny it's abs are the last thing you'll see when you're training because it's that's where a lot of, not for everyone obviously but it's that's where the last place I lose fat anyways on my belly so that's the last place that you're going to see muscle definition um but it's like you're not going to get abs in 7 minutes <laughs> Do it's quite easy I mean? to find out. It only takes seven minutes to work out that that's crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's nonsense. <laughs> okay, cool. But I love um, James Smith. He calls mm. them out all the time, and I absolutely love watching his videos. <laughs> it's like, this is absolute rubbish. And then he gives you a scientific explanation why what they're saying is bollocks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see that get in the bin. That's gone straight in the bin. Fantastic. Yeah, love uh, it. Do you have any advice to people, say someone is joining the industry now, perhaps uh, young Luke, who is uh, just finishing up, hasn't hasn't been offered limits, uh, just finishing up <laughs> at Royal Welsh? Um, yeah, I suppose 
I think one of the things that I thought for ages, because, you know, a lot of young people in the industry, they're in such good nick because they go to, you know, they're, they're, they're doing dance all the time in drama school and things like that. I'm a terrible dancer and I, I missed a lot of classes while I was in Royals College because I had an, quote, injury. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Kid. So I, I used to sort of sit at the side and go, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. And then, you know, I'd try and do it and I'd fall over. In fact, I fell over in an, in an audition doing a pirouette. And then instead of carrying on the dance, I got up and just waved and walked out. <laughs> I've pretty much done that. In a, I'll, I'll say it was a Happy Days audition, and they asked. They said it was a movers call for a last part that they wanted to to take in. And I, um, uh, it was a movers call. There were four of us, and they were like, "Here's we triple pirouette." And and I was like, "No, no, 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 no. This is a movers call. Like, I'm sorry, but." I know dancers who don't want a triple pirouette. Yeah. I don't want a triple pirouette. I was like, what are you talking God. about? And they're like, you can do a double if you prefer. And I was like, that no, can, no, 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 no. That, that can be my piece of advice, actually. Ask your agent if they're sure if it's a movement yeah. call. <laughs> if you're like me and you can move barely, ask them, is it definitely a movement yeah. call or is it a dance call? I need to know. I like to go in in gear that makes it clear that I am not a dancer. For like smart shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that could be like Gene Kelly. Oh, fuck. I'm going, in, I'm going in like gym trainers, like like yeah. gym joggers. Metcons. Don't try to turn in Try to jump in a Metcon. <laughs> Bam. Like, ah, oh, my shins. Yeah. <laughs> I did an audition once and it was brilliant. It was a movement call and it was, I'm not going to name the show, um, but it was um, all opera singers. And they were strictly opera singers. They were not dancers so at all. You were like you were from the Royal Ballet. I honestly, I looked amazing. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> I've, I've never felt so confident as I have in that audition. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. I'm not, not a, not a, not a dancer by trade, and uh, and yet they keep asking me to do these things. So when you do get the odd audition where you're like, I was maybe the best person in the room. You're like, oh, I understand how other people feel in all of my other auditions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you also get those people and, you know, fair play to them. They're like, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be very good at this. And you watch them and they're like doing split leaps and things yeah. like that. And they're amazing. And you're like, why have you lied to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why have you made me feel why, confident why, and then like, do that? <laughs> yeah. That is, that is it. And they're always like, oh, this is, I've heard this is going to be like so tough. And then they're like, incredible. Uh, but speaking of lying, without giving the game away, whether you've lied or not, no facial expression change. Smashed it. Uh, it's time, it's time <laughs> for us it. to guess what we think your lie is, if you've managed to lie. Uh, it's currently 6-3 to Bobby, so I'm going to take the first You may go guess. first. I am going to guess that the story you just said about the, the pirouette and the fall down mm -hmm. is not true, because for the entire rest of the time, I uh, was just listening to you and I didn't. <laughs> so that was one of my options. Uh -huh. I had a couple of other options. Right, hit me. So... I think I'm going to go with the saurine thing. You didn't have a whole loaf of saurine. Uh, my other option was that your agent didn't call you about uh, being big. too big. If if it's, I, I feel, yeah. if it isn't that, that happened in Matilda to a bunch of people that they were like, you are getting too big for your costumes. You're meant to be kids. <laughs> and the three of you You're are the most jacked. jacked child. Like, there were three of us that were like, like gymming quite heavily and they were literally like, this is stupid. <laughs> so like, Swole child. What do you mean? <laughs> like, Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going serene. Serene is your choice. Yep. Okay. Hit us with it. Did you manage to lie? And if so, what was it? I did lie. And it was the serene. Yes! Oh! <laughs> 
Oh, Bobby, you're coming oh, up. I feel so good. Seven three now. I'm like, Bobby, I need butter on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Needs butter. It's oh, too dry otherwise. I've got zero skill in this lie-guessing game. It doesn't bode well for my personal life. <laughs> um, right, should we play another game? I think we should. Yeah. Will you explain it? So we're going to play a game of this or that. It's going to be one minute on the clock. Stefan's going to give you two options. It's quick fire, lightning round. Right. Smash through it. Right, hold on. Let me get the timer ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. Eggs or bacon? Bacon. White bread or brown bread? Brown bread. The US office or friends? US office. Cardio resistance training? Resistance training. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Singing or acting? Singing. Limiers or Phantom? Ah, oh, Phantom. Yoga or Pilates? Ooh, yoga. Family Guy or Love Island? <laughs> Family Guy. Domino's Pizza or Papa John's? Papa John's. Sport or dance? Sport. Alcohol or chocolate? Chocolate. Matching socks or mismatching socks? Matching socks. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Snowdonia or Errori? Errori. Game of Thrones or Glee? Game of Thrones. Book or Kindle? Kindle. Clean shaven or beard? Beard. Personal chef or personal stylist? Personal chef. Guitar or piano? Piano. Sexy body or sexy mind? Sexy mind. Shower or bath? Uh, bath. Saurine or double cheeseburger? Saurine. Dogs or babies? <laughs> Dogs. Snakes or badges? Uh, snakes. Theme park or water park? Theme park. Running or walking? Running. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bobby or Stefan? Stefan. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? No one said me at the end of that. Quite <laughs> I feel good. I think I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> what was the time? Uh, 51 seconds. Wow. That is, that is decent. That's up there. That's like top five territory. 51. It is actually, isn't it? Yeah. Only maybe one. We've had somebody at 44 was the fastest we've ever wow. had. Wow. 44. Maybe which was skipped. Which was for rapid. Like, just going 51 is, is far. 51 is definitely top five. We should Easy. explain Snowdonia or Ereli, which is Please the do. Snowdonia in Welsh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, excellent. It's the name of the national park. Fine. That would make sense then. Just hit, hit <laughs> yeah. uh, It's just worth saying for anyone listening that goes, Snowdonia or what? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the thing. I'm surprised you went for Saurine, not the double cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was literally in. I don't know what happened. The <laughs> <laughs> last minute out. is a blur. Put your hands together. <laughs> I could have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Luke, for joining us. Thanks so much. Absolutely. It's been Thanks a pleasure. Me. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic time out in China. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. My yeah. God. Uh, and thank you at home or wherever you might be for listening. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed this episode, click those like and subscribe buttons and find us on Instagram at fit underscore talk. As always, if you've got any questions you want answered by us, you know what to do. Slip slide into those DMs. I'll be in there eating a single cheeseburger with mozzarella sticks. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. And if you like what we've heard, we've been fit to talk with our wonderful guest, Luke McCall, me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>